Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Well, sure is good to see you, and sure glad you're here today. We praise the Lord for His goodness to us, don't we? Did you have a wonderful week? Sure you did. Say amen. Yeah, had a great week. No matter what happened during the week, it's just good to be able to make it to Sunday, right? Another Sunday. Thank the Lord for Sunday, the Lord's Day. We rejoice in the fact that we get to come to church and worship Him, right? I hope, I hope nobody made you come today. I hope you came because you wanted to come, right? Amen? You know? Uh, and so every once in a while, I say to my wife, I get up on Sunday morning, and I say, I'm just not going today. And she says, yes, you are. You're gone. You know, and you heard me say this before. I said, well, at least give me one good reason. She said, because you're the pastor. You got to go. You know, I said, well, you wrote the message for me. You go preach it. You know? So, hey, thank you for your prayers and your love and your care and your concern. I'll give you a brief report at the end of the service, okay, about my wife. But she is doing, she really is, she's doing great. And, uh, and all, it's just because of God's grace, you know. Everything went so smooth and so wonderful. And, man, it's all good. And uh, your love for us has been wonderful. I've never ate so much fruit and candy. And, man, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time, you know, and I just tell Donna, just stay upstairs, babe. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Tell I calm my nerves, you know, amen, but you've been a blessing to us. Thank you for that. Hey, James, book of James, chapter number two, I want you to join me there uh, this morning, and I want you to look at verses uh, 14 through 18 with me. We're going to actually go in our message this morning, 14 through 26, and finish chapter number two. But I want to just highlight verses uh, 14 through 18 as we begin the message this morning. Book of James chapter 2, look at verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Look at, that, look at that next few words. Can faith save him? Can faith save him? Hold on to that for a second. In verse uh, 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of food and and one of you say uh, unto them, Depart in peace, uh, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. Again, what, what, what's the profit? What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, uh, is dead, being alone. Yea, man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. We're going to stop right there just for a moment, and we'll come back and pick it up and finish up the text this morning. But do you ever you remember singing this? I'm sure you have if you've been around church any length of time. In fact, uh, you probably even heard it if you didn't go to church. If you're saved, then you know it. Remember that? Remember that song? Man, we've been singing that for years and years. If you're saved and you know it, right? 
The next few words are key. It says, then your life will surely show it. Isn't that right? If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. And part of that song is a call for action, right? Uh, the hymn writer, I'm not sure who wrote that little ditty, uh, but they said this, if you're saved and you know it, then you need to do something about it. What do you need to do? Well, if you're saved and you know it, take action. Clap your hands, stomp your feet, say amen. Praise the Lord, right? And we, we just add to it. We just keep going on and on and on. But the idea is simply this. If you're saved and you know it, then your faith will surely show it. Your life will surely show it. You're going to have to take some action, right? Now, there's a proof text for that song. And proof text would be verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, a man may say. You know, men say a lot of things. Say amen right there. A man may say, he, he may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Or in other words, if you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. Amen? So let, let's put this, let, let, let's just put that passage of Scripture in context with discussion. Now, don't forget this. James, our brother James, is writing to Jewish converts, right? We said that in the very beginning, very, very, very beginning, chapter number 1, verse 1. He says, my brethren, he's speaking to those who have been scattered abroad, right? He's talking about that first-generation church there in Jerusalem, who endured persecution, God pushed them out of the church so that the gospel could be spread throughout the world, you know? And now they're going through some trying times. These are Jewish converts. And he's writing to them, and he, he, he's saying to them, uh, you know, you, you need to balance, you need to balance your faith with action. But when you put it in context, you think about this, uh, these Jews were converted mm, uh, from a works-based religion, Right? I mean, everything about their faith, everything about their religion, everything about their so-called salvation was based upon the keeping of the law, right? And so they're converted out of, out of Judaism, which was a works-based religion. And for them, in order to say they were saved, they would have to had uh, kept the law, which, by the way, it's impossible to keep the law. God never gave the law to save anyone. God gave the law to show man they needed to be saved. You know, the law came to show us just how sinful we really are. Uh, Jesus said, in fact, Paul said about Jesus, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So God never gave the law to save us. Nobody's saved by keeping the law. No one's saved by doing this, that, or the other. No, James says this, a man is justified, according to the text in other places, a man is justified by faith, but that faith needs to materialize. And so he's writing, now pay attention right here, he's writing to these Christian Jews, these converted Jews, and he's reminding them that although you've been freed from the bondage of the law, where your works do not subsidize your salvation, he's reminding them that now that you are saved, your, your, your faith is going to materialize, become visible by what you do, the actions that you take. Are you with me? Huh? And so James is giving us a real good lesson here. And, uh, and what, he's, what he's talking about in, in the previous verses, if you remember the message last week, 
Go back to chapter number two again and pick it up, if you would, beginning in verse number nine. But if you have respect of persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law's transgressors. Remember that text of Scripture where James begins to say this? You, you know, your faith needs to be visible by your care for others. And as, as, as God's kids, we don't discriminate. As God's kids, we don't show partiality. You remember the message last week? I don't want to re-preach it. But, but here's the thing. What he's doing is James is speaking to these converted Jews, right? And he's saying to them, everybody is, is equal in, in, in God. The, the ground at the cross is level. And we ought not to show any favoritism, whether it be Jew or Gentile, in our economy, white or black, rich or poor, smart or not so smart, Baptist or Presbyterian, Hello? Huh? Traditional or contemporary? How far you want me to go down the road with this? Right? And, and then he backs it up by saying in chapter number 2, verse 14 down, that our faith ought to materialize. Or in other words, the way you treat others is a sure sign of your faith. It all goes together, right? See how that works? And so, and so I think James is simply saying this, our faith needs to take action. If you say you believe like you should, well, why don't you behave like you should? Somebody say, ouch. Oh, guys, don't be flipping slides yet. It's too early. It'll mess me up. All right? Did you hear that? If you, if you say that you believe like you should, well, why don't you behave like you should? Because we've been trained, we've been, we've been taught, we've been encouraged for a long time now that our beliefs should influence our behavior. And it's not so much about you and I saying something, it's you and I doing what we say we believe. That's what James is hinting to here in this text. And so he poses a scenario. Now stay with me. Here's the scenario. He says this, does a person really have genuine faith if? Now I want somebody to say, if what? It's a good question. James says, does a man have genuine faith if that faith has not changed their life? You with me? So can you and I say that, hey, I, I believe in God, I have faith, if that faith has not made a difference in our lives? Huh? Ah, he goes on, he says this, can a person say they have genuine faith if that faith is never on display? Huh? I mean, really, can you and I say that we believe in God, we have faith in God, I'm saved, if really there's no, absolutely no visible sign of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God living in us? Are you with me? That's the, that's the scenario that uh, our brother posed. Can, and then he says this, can faith alone save him? Did you see that? We read that a moment ago. Can faith alone save? That's a good question for you and I to ask ourselves today, isn't it? Huh. Uh, will my faith save me? Do I have genuine faith? Look at verse number 19. He says, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. But look what he says after that. This is a strange statement. The devils also believe and tremble. <laughs> Hello? Woo, isn't that good? Somebody say, Pastor, help me to understand that. Come on, man. 
We're going to look at that in just, just a moment. So here's what James is saying in a nutshell. Uh, real faith is more than. Say it with me. Real faith is more than. Say it one more time. Real faith is more than. Now here's all I want to do this morning. I just want to extract from this passage of Scripture some of the truth that James is trying to teach us about our faith. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a neat little list to take with, just three simple statements. Okay? James says this, real faith is more than what we say. Go ahead. There you go. Real faith is more than words. Say amen right there. Real faith is more than what we say. And so James gives us here a study, a case study to consider. Look, look at the text again. Look at verse number 15. He says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. Let's say this. Look up here. Let's say a brother or a sister has a legitimate need. Say legitimate need. Turn to somebody and say, they have a, a, a legitimate need. Go ahead, turn to somebody. They have a legitimate need. Right? Did you say? Look again. Verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, they have a... They have a... All right, look at the response. And James says, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. That's considerate. That's nice. Right? I mean, we didn't ignore the person. Somebody shows up, they have a legitimate need. We didn't ignore them. Right? But we were very kind. And we said to them, according to what James says here in verse 16, uh, uh, be, depart in peace. In other words, uh, I can't help you. But thanks for sharing. Hello? Huh? He goes on and he says, and, and, and notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? What does it profit? Huh? So kick that around with me, if you would, just, ju just, just for a second. Uh, how, how do we react to such a need? I said again, it's, it's a legitimate need. Somebody doesn't show up in your world, in your environment, right, wherever that may be, where you work, where you live, and ask you to help them pay their cell phone bill. Now, we're not talking about paying cell phone bills. We're not talking about paying somebody's cable bill. Huh? Right? No, I think people can do without a cell phone, and people can do without some cable, but they have a legitimate need, right? And so that individual shows up with a legitimate need, and, and then, and then our, our response to that is what... James is speaking about here, right? And can I share this with you? Verse 16 is a rebuke. You know what a rebuke is? A rebuke is a harsh, stern correction. Huh? So James says, somebody shows up in your world with a legitimate need, and you respond by saying, now pay attention right here. I'm going to make it modern. I'm going to put it in our terms. You respond by saying, man, that, that's a shame. I'm really sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry you, you got to go through that. I'll pray for you, brother. I'll pray for you, sister. Oh, don't, 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 don't turn me off now, please. Huh? I mean, a little bit ago, we don't use these words. One of you say, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. I don't talk like that. How about you? But somebody shows up and shares a legitimate need with me, and I said, man, that, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Let, 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 me, let me pray for you. You know what that person is saying? I appreciate the prayers but I really have a legitimate need. Hello? 
Uh, maybe, maybe you say something like this, and I, I'm, real, I'm really sorry. And you know what I think that person is saying? Well, how sorry are you? Are you $20 sorry? <laughs> are you $50 sorry? Are you $100 sorry? Why? Because being sorry is just words, and words, according to the need, yeah, there's no profit. It doesn't help me. Say amen right there. It's kind of like somebody shows up in your world with a legitimate need. You know, the, the, the car broke down. You know, and they come along, and, but Dave, how you doing? Oh, man, I tell you what, just everything, just my car just broke down. Man, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I'll, I'll pray for you. Huh? But do you say, preacher, I don't have any money. I, I mean, my car is, you know, barely has gas in it. You know, so I can't give him any money. Yeah, look here, it may not be money. You could say this, Dave, I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, can, can I give you a ride to work? Can I pick up something for you? Can I take you to the market? Can I? Help me here. Help me here. Doctor's appointment, can I drive you someplace? Can I? Hello? See, look here, meeting needs is not always, you know, financial. Sometimes it's just time. And, and, and it's being there, and it's helping out whatever we can do. Why? I tell you why. Here's what James is saying. Uh, James is saying this. Real faith is not just saying the right words. No. Real faith steps up and takes action. Did you see that? That's what he's talking about here in verses 15 and 16. Verse 17, even so faith, if it, hath not, if it doesn't have work, it's dead being alone. So my brother shows up with a legitimate need, and all I say to him is, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me pray for you. Now, I'm not saying don't pray for him. But according to what the Bible teaches in this text, faith takes it, it, it just kicks it up a notch. Amen. Amen? You're not liking this, I can tell. Real faith gets involved. Look here, I said a moment ago, James states, real faith is more than words. Did you see it? All I did was pulled it up off the page and made it a little bit more contemporary. Did you see it? Huh? Right? Well, he doesn't stop there because he goes on and says, look in, look in verse number 19. He says, thou believest that there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So real faith is more than words, and, and real faith is more than beliefs. Hello? Real faith is more than beliefs. Now, you know what I found out being around church for any long time? Here's what I found out. We're pretty good at uh, parroting what we believe. Get your hand out. You got a hand? Get your hand out. Go like this. You know what that means? And go like Right? We're pretty good at this. We're good at our confessions. Right, Tony? I mean, you're a student. You're studying the Word of God. And we, man, we can talk about, pay attention right here, we can talk about our beliefs, right? Just bring up a song, Bible. Well, we can talk about the Bible, huh? I have probably every person in this room can, can stand up and say, tell me a little bit about, well, the Bible is one book comprised of 66. And all those books are inspired by God. And they are preserved throughout all generations. And we might even be able to quote a scripture right there. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, hello. We're good at that, aren't we? And prayer, right? Prayer. Oh, pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray everywhere. Pray for everybody. Prayer is conversing with God. 
Hello? Prayer is asking and according to God's will receiving. How much more do you want to know about prayer? You want to know how much time I spend in prayer? Oh, you didn't ask me that. You asked me about prayer. Because talking about it and actually praying is two different things. Same end right there. Huh? And so James says this, real faith is more than what you say, and it's more than what you believe. And to really zing it to us, he says, get the nerve of this dude. The de demons also believe and tremble. Did you ever think about this? Did you ever think about the fact that the demons do know about God? Huh? And not to get too deep in this, but if you read your Bible carefully, you'd find out that those demons were created by God as, as angels. And so they were in his presence. By the way, I think this. I think their theology, uh, Ed, their theology is pretty clear. I, I believe that the demons believe that our God is a trinity. Uh, they were there in the beginning. They heard, they heard the conversation where God said, let us make man in our image. Split personality? No, no. Three persons, one God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The demons believe. Hey, look here. The devils know. The demons know that God created everything that is. They believe. <laughs> and according to that text, they tremble. Did you see that? They tremble. Uh, look here, saying the right things and believing the right things is a good start. Help me here. It's a good start. But the proof is in the actions. That's what James is discussing here. It's not about saying the right words, church. And it's not about believing the right doctrine or believing the right things. That's a good start, but the proof is in the actions. In fact, it's, it's in the way we behave ourselves in circumstances, right? Yeah, it's, let, me, let me maybe make it a little bit more practical. Real faith shows in the way we respond in times of temptation. Real faith uh, reveals itself in times when compassion is needed. Real faith uh, reveals itself when it's time to take a proper stand for whatever it is we, we need to take a stand for. See, that's, that's real faith. Uh, according to this text, many people believe that there's a God. And you know this, many people believe that Jesus died on the cross. But that alone doesn't save them. And that's why, that's why James says here, you know, uh, faith, even so faith, hath not is dead being alone. And can that, faith, can that faith save a man? Right? And so what he does in verse number 20, look at verse number 20 with me, because he takes it just one step further. He says, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And so you know what you see in verse number 20? You see a partnership. You see a partnership. You see the partnership? Let me, let me ask you, what is the partnership according to verse number 20? What's the partnership according to this text? Faith and works. Faith and action. Right? Did, did, did you see it? There's a partnership mentioned here. Uh, some, would say, some would say this, now pay attention. Some would say, but preacher, isn't James contradicting what Paul taught us? That's been an age-long battle, right? You know? 
salvation is. Well, let's see, what did Paul teach us? I guess probably one of the more famous verses with Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, right? Go ahead and flash it on the screen if you would. Look what Paul taught us. Come on, guys. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What, what is the that not of yourselves part? It is the gift of God, look what I highlighted, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? And so somebody would say, see, there it is, not of works. So there's a contradiction in the Bible. Hello? Right? James says, faith without works is dead. But Paul says, you're saved by grace through faith and not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ha! Gotcha! Huh? You know what my response to that is? Don't stop reading at verse 9. Don't stop reading at verse 9. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto. You know what I say? Ha! You should have kept reading. <laughs> Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You say, yeah. So you're going to build your doctrine on ver one verse? I could, but I won't, because Paul backs it up with Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Flip it, if you would, guys. Look at Titus 3, 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm, look at the next word, constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to... Ooh. So what, 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 what I'm saying, what you're saying preacher, is there really is no contradiction between the teachings of Paul and the teachings of James? No, not at all. They're teaching the same thing. Because James taught, or Paul taught that you're saved by faith, by grace, by faith. And but that faith, that grace, that, that it, it will materialize. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. And James backs that up with the same in this text of Scripture. Isn't that right? Faith without works is dead. It's dead. Huh? And so in closing, here's, here's what happens. In closing, James gives two testimonies of real faith. Now remember, remember, who's he writing this letter to? He's writing it to Jewish converts that have been scattered abroad as a result of persecution. And he gives them two testimonies that, I mean, just stands out. If we were talking about this, if we were, Ty, you're a, full, you're a basketball player, if we were talking about basketball, and I would say, Ty, give me your top 10 list of greatest basketball players that ever lived. Who would be number one on your list? My man, Michael Jordan. Young men usually don't even remember Michael Jordan, you know? Michael Jordan, right? Kobe Bryant. Wilt the Stilt. Lou Alcindor, who? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, used to be Lou Alcindor. Jerry West, Gail Goodrich. I used to like the Lakers back in the day. Huh? Larry Chicken, Larry Bird. Larry Parrish, Kevin McHale. Somebody say amen right there. Huh? 
So, you know what James is not? James is giving, James is giving to the Jew, these Jewish converts, names that they would immediately identify with. Huh? Somewhere I heard the Eagles are playing today. Where I heard that at. Huh? You know who the quarterback is, don't you? Randall Cunningham. <laughs> Bob Fenton. No. Uh, Jalen Hurts. My grandson, who's 10, 11 years old, said to me a couple weeks back, we were together, and he's a real Eagles fan, and, and so he's talking about this, that, and the other, and this is back before they uh, closed up the season. I said, I said, I call him Pop. He calls me Pop. I call him Pop. I said, Pop, all I can tell you is this. I've been around for a while. I said, being an Eagles fan hurts. He said, Jalen hurts? I said, no, it just hurts. <laughs> it just hurts, right? If you're an Eagles fan, it hurts. Sometimes it hurts. You never know if they're going to pull it out. And when they win by more than a touchdown, it's almost like 38 to 7 beating the Giants. Holy moly, that was awesome. Huh? Why'd you bring that up? I have no clue. I just wanted you to know what team I'm on so Steve Barber never misidentifies (laughs) that fact. But James gives two classic illustrations. The first... He speaks about Abraham. You see, look, look with me, verse number 21. He says, was not Abraham our father? Huh? Justified by works when he had offered Isaac upon the altar. And then go down to verse 25. Here's another, Rahab. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works. Woo! So you got, you got Abraham. He says, our father... Why? Because Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around, sit down. I used to be a youth pastor. <laughs> father Abraham, our father, the father of the Jewish nation. Huh? He had, he had a couple of sons, right? You know how that goes. <laughs> one was the promised son. And, 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 and James, is, he, brings up, he brings up Abraham, who was a respected Old Testament figure. And then he mentions Rahab, who was a Gentile woman, harlot. Look, I, I'm not calling her that. Was not Rahab the harlot? And then he, here's what he says. He says this, both of them were justified by works. Wait a second, James. Now, you just contradicted the whole situation. Huh? No, what he's saying is this. Listen carefully. Abraham revealed his faith when willing to sacrifice his own own son on Mount Moriah. Hello? God said to Abraham, get get thee up to the mount, take your son, we're going to sacrifice you know, and man, there's Isaac, he's on the altar, right? And, and Isaac's sharp, he's a sharp young man, he's no dummy. He knew where they were going, right? And he said, Father, you got the wood and you got the fire, I see the knife, but where's the animal? And Abraham said, son, God's going to provide himself a lamb. That's faith. Get on the table. Stop right there, Abraham. You see how his, faith was ju- how, how his faith was justified by his works? Huh? And I think this, I believe this, Abraham believed God enough that even if God didn't stop him and the knife plunged through his chest, 
he believed God was going to raise him up. Huh? Rahab, on the other hand, her faith is revealed by defending God's people over her own people in Jericho. Right? I mean, she did exactly what the spies asked her to do. She did exactly what she promised to do. And both were justified the same way. Belief in God that materializes in their good works or, or in action. Amen? Are you with me? Uh, look at verse 26 and we finish. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Huh? We've all been, I would assume maybe most of us have been, to a funeral, to a viewing. Huh? And some viewings they have, uh, they'll have a casket and, and, and the lid will be open. And you're able to go and view the deceased. Huh? And while they're lying in that casket, as a body, there is no life because the soul and the spirit has departed. James says this, just like a body is dead without a spirit, our faith is dead without action, without works, without backing it up with a lifestyle. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. Say amen right there. And so here's, here's what James is teaching. You can finish it up. James is teaching you and I how faith is supposed to work. How faith is supposed to work. And here, 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 here's, what we, here's what we need to ask ourselves. Do I have real faith? Do I have genuine faith? Will my faith save my soul? Is my faith a faith worth trusting? Hello? I remember back, back in the day, uh, some preachers would say this in talking about people who say they're saved but really don't live like they're saved. They would, they would make some kind of a sarcastic remark and say, you better check your oil. Remember that back in the day? You better check your oil because oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be the same. And so if you're living the way you used to live before you met Jesus, you better check your oil. Huh? Why? Because, because the demons believe certain things about God. And they tremble. We ought to believe and it ought to influence our lives. Amen? Faith without works is dead. Thank you, James. I sure appreciate the challenge. Amen? What a blessing. It causes me to look within, to look without, and make sure that I am what I say that I am. Amen? And I trust you do the same. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.